what's not a story, right? What is news to you? Some people find taxes and municipal government a big big story. Other people think that's really not news. I'm much more interested in about some other topic. And well, there's some people that are only interested in national news and they could care less what happens in their state or their city. A- absolutely. Or their and, county. Right. So that's a really good question, which is here in your, for your listeners, what is news to this group of people? I actually don't know. You'd have to run a survey or get feedback. Maybe people call in and you get some, you get, you get communications. You get some kind of sampling as to what people actually care about. Um, How about if you want to drive an agenda so to get people empowered and care about things that they normally would not care about, which I'm leading to, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. But first I like, uh, since I pressed the record button, I did not say, we're listening to WSQF 94.5 Blink Radio Key Biscayne with Tony Winton of acclaim and award-winning journalist at the Associated Press for how many years? About 30 years. 30 years? Right. And it was all AP or there was different places? Well, I started off in uh, I started off as a news director of my college radio station. Oh, so you feel right at home. Yes, I do. That was WKCR-FM. Uh, and the and- studio was more cramped than this one. Uh, it was, well, we had more studios. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I'm screwed. I got a bathroom in a hallway. Had, we had more studios, <laughs> but, 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 uh, uh, it was an FM. Actually, it was, uh, very, uh, historical in the sense of radio because I've forgotten his, the first name, but professor, he's the inventor of FM Armstrong. Wow. I forget his, I'm, I'm filled. I, I don't know the details, but right, yeah. He, he, professor Armstrong was a Columbia professor and actually the initial station was one of the very first licensed FM stations ever. Wow. And it was used, some of the experimental equipment that he used, he was the inventor of FM radio. So that's When some people say it's just the discovery of FM. The discovery of FM. Uh, yes. The, the, the use, use of that technique, he, he popularized it, certainly. And, um, and so that, that's the legacy of that station. And KCR stands for King's Crown Radio. King's Crown Radio, and your university Columbia was? Univers- Columbia University, which, Columbia. Is the, which was founded actually... Uh, before the Revolutionary War, and was initially not called Columbia; it was King's College. King's College, and then that didn't—that didn't—that wasn't politically correct. Uh, uh, Alexander Patrick Hamilton graduated from there, correct? Uh, yes, King's and College, jo- and John Jay, the first U.S. Supreme Court justice. Uh, a lot of the signers of the Declaration. So uh, it's got a long history, but uh, so the radio station, I started there, uh, and then after. That I thought, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a student? I'm kind of having fun doing this. Maybe I'll do this for a living. And I went from there to WDST FM, New York, in Woodstock, New York. Jeez, the bulldog of the Hudson Valley. Wow. <laughs> so you had some of your you have some of your stick still, yeah, still. I still some of my stick. The bulldog of the Hudson Valley, and then I worked getting closer and closer to New York City, and worked for a station in my in my where I grew up. I grew up in Rockland County, New York, WRKL AM. And that was a kick-ass little radio station with about six full-time news people, if you can believe that. Six full-time. What kind of population did the town have? Um, I want to say population of Rockland County was about 200,000. Wow. Yeah, so 250, somewhere around there. I want to say that's about right. So so anyway, but for a 1,000-watt daytimer, so people who know radio, the radio station went off at night. Right. right. The license wouldn't allow it to be on. So we were only on from sunrise to sunset, basically. And but nonetheless, it was a successful community radio station, did a lot of local news. And that led to the Associated Press. I became a freelancer. 
I freelanced for 1010 Winds and WCBS News Radio 88 New York. And then that led to the AP. I started working in Washington. How was the transition from radio to print? Um, actually, not that hard. Because, because you always wrote anyway. Yeah, you're writing anyway. And what radio helps you to do is to write descriptively because you have to put the picture in someone's head. You have to write for the for the understanding you have to paint a picture. And it forces you to be economical with words so that you are getting fit into the column. Fit into the column. So actually, I find that easier. I found um, television was actually a little bit harder to write for because the trick in television is not to write. It's to be quiet and let the pictures talk. Mm. Plus, if you get the writing wrong, it's like double. You got it wrong. They know you got it wrong. The anchor knows you got it wrong. And the anchor's pissed off because... They read it live, right, with the typos. Yeah, so that was my my road to journalism, and uh, but you stayed at you yeah, stayed 30, at one shop 30, most of your career. Thirty years, yeah. It was a, and I'm very grateful for it. I, I uh, for a young a young person, and I'm not sure that that exists today, and that's kind of sad uh, that that opportunity doesn't exist. But I was able to cover national news, presidential campaigns. Wars, riots, hurricanes, the space program, big trials. I mean, I really, I you were I, you were born at the perfect time. I, I, I fit into a system. Um, it was kind of like the golden age of wire service journalism, and I was working for the broadcast department. I did some print writing, um, and I was kind of in, in a time and place where the industry was more stable than it is today. The internet. Websites. Less competition, too. Exactly, competition. So you would. You stood around a, a telex and, and got the news wires right off the and then. Well, we we, were, we sent out the news wires. So uh, a station like this station, if it had a newsroom, would have an AP teletype machine. It would yeah. be clacking in the background. And that was replaced with faster teletypes and then eventually with computer delivery. And then that continued for many, many years until the Internet. And it radically changed journalism. So and the economics of journalism, which is actually, in some respects, even more important, and the authenticity and the clarity and the transparency. Exactly, because <laughs> you can get the same version of the same news in four different opinions, and you'd have to spend more time deciphering right. the different wires that came in. But but here's and press releases. But here's what's different, and I'll get back to my point, which is independent, neutral point of view journalism. It's really important. There's no way, you know, I have opinions. You have opinions. Everyone has opinions. A journalist has to acknowledge the fact that he or she has opinions. And then you, if you're a neutral person. So does a reader. Yeah, <laughs> like a doctor. Does a doctor care what what the opinions are of the patient coming in? No. Yeah, of course, they, they could be totally different. I mean, Ronald Reagan famously joked after the assassination attempt, as he's being wheeled into the hospital, he joked, he says, I hope you guys are Republicans. That he did. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But when, that, when, that, when that comment came out, the, the country sighed relief. You know why? Because that's our president. Yeah. People were saying, you know, he, he's even to make, able to make a joke like that, even at the most dire of circumstances, yeah. right? So so uh, this is the the idea that uh, I can't I, – I have to be able to understand, understand a fact from an opinion and be able to report both of it. And so I was going to talk a little bit about just here locally – so we have some controversial stuff Let on me lay it on me. I only have opinion on, I think, one agenda okay. item that I believe is really annoying. Okay. Well, uh, the first one is kind of might be, it's really hyper-local, but it talks about bigger things. And this is banning fishing 
on the Mashta Bridge. Now, this, Since I live on Mashta, I have an opinion. Okay, you have an opinion. So some people are for it. Some people are, there's now a petition drive to say, hey, no, we, we want to be able to, like Huckleberry Finn, take a little kid out there and show them how to fish in a quiet, safe place down the street from my home. So there's there's going to be a discussion about it. What's interesting is uh, what was the process for making this decision? Because it kind of came out of nowhere. People were People were complaining. It got put onto an agenda item, and now they're going to pass an ordinance or consider passing an ordinance, I should say. And it didn't. It's it, it kind of advanced very rapidly, and you have to ask yourself, well, what was the, what's the, what's the public policy purpose? Why why are we doing that? And some have raised questions about the process nature of it. Regardless of what your opinion is, you would want. Well, I'm I'm a little bit more yeah. more than just opinion. I was more informed. And we were more frustrated than you think, and we were reported a lot longer than it's led to people to believe. Gotcha. Uh, naturally, we live in we live in that little enclave, and naturally, we have WhatsApp. Right. So that WhatsApp uh, is well, we're very unified because we've had car robberies, uh, break-ins when people in the home, and we're pretty alerted. And then we spend a tremendous amount of money for a security camera, and never seems to work. And we put up the cash for that. I don't know if Cubis can realize it, but Master paid for those security cameras on the Master Bridge, and it never works. It's they give us a they, they give us a, uh, an excuse every time. Right. Not all of us were in agreement, but we all are unified. We all ponied up. I was one of those who could care less about the camera because I, I realized it was going to be just like this. It wasn't going to work at the moment of truth. Right. I don't believe anything that, that has to do with an involvement with a government entity, police authority. I don't think any of that stuff works. I just believe it's fictitious, it's general sense of security. Uh, as long as the population feels they're secure, it doesn't matter whether they are or not. Uh, that's just the way it is. So uh, that starts there. What really transpired is I'm from an, you know, from an island. I believe we should fish on an island. Uh, it's kind of hard to... to discourage people from fishing on an island it's kind of just absurd from that standpoint at all even though i'm not a fisherman i was as a kid but not much my friends all fished i was more of a diver uh can't even do that now because i need like 75 pounds of weight just to get under the water because i'm more looking like a manatee than i am a diver so all that being said people abused the damn fishing bridge they didn't care to clean them clean up after themselves they left uh Really nasty looking uh, blood stains all over the bridge. That brought the bugs. That brought the the disgustingness. Uh, the rusty uh, the rusty hooks laying around. Uh, rusty knife laying around. Imagine a knife in a child's hands. Grabs a someone leaves a a, a scaling knife. You know around. Uh, I would. Uh, we were monitoring it with our own cameras because that damn camera wasn't helping us. So everybody's doing it with their own cell phones. Obviously, we go up and over the bridge all the time because we live there. So there was plenty of evidence, a lot of photographs of the abuse of a privilege, which is the purchasing of a permit to uh, to fish. Now, what was... Do you know how many permits were were lifted or enforced? I don't know about enforcement. I, well, but, how many people bought permits? Well, yeah, that, those, that, that's a... That was a legitimate fact that I would say... Just from the commentaries, probably, I would say there's that I would that I would appear on, on the WhatsApp because I'm not the one complaining. I wasn't the one. Uh, like I said, I was just participating. 
Uh, I was seeing the evidence. I would say there was five offenders of different people, but of those five, several of them were repeat offenders in terms of continuously going over there, continuously leaving stuff right, behind. So here's here's my point, right? So is it there's there's you have fishing on the bridge? People are are expressing concerns. Certainly there there are concerns that people have. Then there, but you have. Five offenders out of perhaps ten times as many people who have permits who aren't offending it. Well, wait, 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 wait. Fishing permits and fishing on Masta are two different things. Right. I'm talking about you need a specific permit to fish on Masta. Uh, Yes. Specific to Masta Bridge. Yes. Okay, so in other words, you could see where that morphed. I'm not talking about a fishing license, which you need anywhere. I'm talking about a specific uh, permit. But isn't that fishing permit for fishing on Key Biscayne where it allows you to fish... I believe it's anywhere in, you can. If you look at the ordinance, I believe it's specific to that. To the bridge, right? Okay. So, but at, at any rate, so so you have it's a cla- This is a classic issue. You can say it's really tiny, and it is. Let's let's not like it's not the world's coming to an end. Right. But but it's a classic issue of how do you fix a problem? Do you fix a problem by just banning it? Do you try enforcement first? Do you do you have pro- a progression of steps? Or do you do it? It's really like what's your approach to a solution? What's your approach to a problem? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I think perhaps some is a, a criticism that people have made about this particular mm-hmm. a point is that we went from we're windshield wipering. You're going from it's allowed to it's not allowed, and there was never it just ramped up out of whatever. Now, what it, what what what's interesting to me, what you're telling me. Is that these complaints have been coming for a while, mm-hmm. and they it, nothing happened apparently nothing. until it it reached the boiling point. And it, uh, let, it, it let, was also coupled by dangerous situations uh, where, okay, uh, not necessarily fishing, but one or two fishermen would attract friends that, hey, what are you catching? Right. And then they turned into jumping off the bridge, turned standing on top of the very top of the the. I don't know what you would call those, but somewhat tower-looking structures we oh, have on that know. bridge, jumping right. from the top of it, right. meaning that three or four people had to help the person get to the top of it. With, wow. You know, you would see kids up there. So it was an accumulation of us Quite feeling like somehow, some way, we're liable for this, and uh, either as a municipality or a mass island association, because they could come after us, too, because we have our own association there. Right. So those things are comments, right? But right. the photographs were pretty indicative that someone well, was going to... A dog, a person, a kid was going to get cut by a knife, a rusty one by that matter. The the hooks, uh, lures were left, you know, so it's not only right. that. Those are, those are, dead fish. Those are safety issues, no, no question about it. So the question is, why did it have? if that happened, uh, if these problems were developing, why wasn't there an intervention earlier? And you say to yourself— I think, I think the intervention, the truth is, there were, uh, from the standpoint of— Call the police, they come over, they ask, the person has a permit, he can stay. But he would still leave the mess. Right. Okay, so there you go. There's a question. Where's the record of that? Where's the documentation? Why wasn't the summons issued? Why wasn't that happening? Do you understand? The, the, the statute lays out, the ordinance lays mm-hmm. out all these things that have to happen. So you have to ask yourself, was it unworkable to begin with that that we passed an enforcement system that was never going to be ever used these are like the questions of like, yeah i, I like i'd be yeah. interesting to know right that's if that's, summons were issued as a result of not cleaning them up after yourself and, 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 and mind you there weren't there, not too many of them were keeper scanners litter, they were from people from off the island littering is an offense there's a whole bunch of things that are offensive. okay and then you have the other issue that i haven't mentioned right which was 
and this is probably a, more annoying than it is rightful because I don't think we have a right, but it is annoying. The the parking, the park. fishermen, the the fishermen have to park on your easement, right? And they have the right to because it's an easement, so you can't keep them out of that part of your property because although you mow it and take care of it, the truth is they'll peel out of there. Uh, if it's a rainy day or it rained that week, you know that that means a track mark into your property. Right. Uh, it just so happens that on the other side of the fountain, on the Mashta West Mashta side, heading towards the hardware store on Mashta, you already right. crossed the bridge, so you're not on Mashta Island anymore. That area is a perfect place to park, and it is a trench of moisture and water. Water settles there. So they are always peeling out of that. And that owner although wasn't involved in the in the Mashta Association. That owner had to be ferociously annoyed by how often he had to bring dump trucks to pour dirt on peeled out track marks and tire marks on his property from the fishermen who would park there in the middle of the night. Many of these people, you know, would arrive with their lamps, you know, lamps for lobster, lamps for shrimp, uh, fishing nets as well. It's not just fishing, but cast netting and full moon, two in the morning, you know, the light is shining in your windows. You know I mean? You you see these huge lights. Right. That was an issue once. So you're, Uh, so... Ultimately, and this is why it connects to other issues here. Ultimately, you had a you had a may have been a good idea. People were abusing it to use your term. There was although there was a way to enforce it for whatever reason. Yeah. It, it the complaints reached a certain level level, and to the point where the only action that apparently was left, people felt the council and apparently they're going to pass this this evening. That's the expectation. Is that uh, the only solution is to just ban it because enforcement wouldn't work. And that leads to another series of questions. Well, what other things aren't working? And you could talk about children on golf carts. You could talk about a lot of, a lot of other Yeah, the slippery uh, slope. Uh, but there's, uh, you see what I'm saying? If you get back to this general idea of problem, complaints, response, solution, that's why neutral point of view ver- journalism is really necessary because people do feel differently about this issue. And what really helps are the facts. What helps are to know, okay, well, yes, these residents felt so strongly that they came to a council meeting and they showed the picture of the fish hooks and everything else. But uh, and blood stains too. And, and blood stains, but but they but but uh, it caught a lot of people off guard who liked to fish who weren't breaking any rules. And, and it's quite in my in my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed watching kids uh, fish. See, so. Right. So, but that's that's why it, airing something out, uh, if, if a news organization, I only think does the community a favor when it's laying out the pros and cons. I, I don't think the newspaper should take a position on it. That's not the job. Maybe another kind of publication would. Uh, a neutral point of view should just simply say residents have complaints. It used to be banned. Then in the statute allowed it. If you got a permit with all these enforcement things. Problems started happening. It wasn't enforced. There's a question: Why? Why not? Maybe it's just un- maybe practically mad- speaking, there isn't the budget, time, or staff to really enforce it properly. And that's a fair point. You can't spend money on everything. There's no, you can't have a cop there policing you it either. I mean, right? So it, it may be just it may at and at the end of the day, like so many things are, it's about dollars, right? At the end, uh, but 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 and there's rate, other places to fish, yeah, of course. So so that's that's it. But that's an example of what I mean where. Just presenting the information is is really important, and in uh, at the local level, so much of what happens, and unfortunately, you see it in Key Biscayne. It's 
WhatsApp, other communities. It's um, Nextdoor is a really popular platform in some places. Uh, Messenger, you know, other there are other apps. Keep us gain. It's it's WhatsApp. It's not always the best way to get information. Yeah, you can uh, you can yeah. have the same person read the same text and get three or four different <laughs> opinions on the same written word. Plus, uh, quite frankly, when you work on a phone, you got really thick hands. Typos are often, especially syntax errors, which I am guilty of. Uh, you can really make a mistake if you're saying shall not and you forget the not. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I meant shall not, will not. Could not, and if I don't put the not, my God, it turned the whole argument you, upside down. You want to hear the worst typo that was ever made? Where I was there, I didn't make it. I had to say I didn't make it, but I was there when it was made. Yeah. Yes, the worst typo in my time at the AP. Uh, it was the word public, and just and they, just don't delete, say they say pubic. Just, no just, way. <laughs> just delete one letter, and you get a different word. And someone forgot a, a word, a letter. And uh, one word went out when the word that was intended to go out was public, but it was missing an L. That isn't that bad. Yes. Not would be worse. Well, when it was referring to the attorney general. I hope your professionals testimony. just don't make that mistake. When it was referring to the attorney general of the United States oh. giving testimony in Congress. Yes, that could be a big one. Yes, if you dropped the L. Yeah. And uh, Howard Stern had a fortune with it, had a field day with it. Well, the in front of the wire. I'm not making it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that happened to me uh, on a front page article in the Miami Herald. Thought it was pretty tacky for the reporter. I mean, I'm already a low power station as it is, 100 watts, but to put 10 in the article is pretty tacky. That's a walkie-talkie for Christ's sake. And uh, I think it was disrespectful, and I think it was spiteful because he could always he knew he could always fall back and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was a typo." 100 watt. It's say a hundred, man, but you know, say ten. That's you know, ridiculous. That's spiteful. And uh, sure enough, I called him on, and he, what did he say? Oh, I'm sorry, that was a typo. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, hundred watt to ten watt. I mean, come on, I'm small enough as it is. You know, the 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 people I'm up against, you know, in this genre per se or sure. niche, whatever, fifty thousand watts. You know, there's a big difference between a hundred watt and fifty thousand. You don't need to punch it, kick me in the, you know what? Well, you and I have talked about the signal of this station. It's actually really solid. Um, but yeah, but you didn't emphasize in the article that it's south, not north. I turned it south because I couldn't go north because I had downtown buildings. It's all the way to Palmetto Bay. Right. East of US-1. Right. But most of that is water. So. Okay. Yes. But guess what? It benefits me because I shouldn't even go down to Palmetto Bay. Right. That's more than nine miles. Yeah. Remember I was texting you? I was driving down US-1 and like, I can't believe it. It was like really Well, I was in strong. a cemetery in Perrine yeah. for a friend of mine's father and I was here in my station, and I said, wait a minute, this is now west and south. I'm really penetrating the mainland here. Another time, I was at the Tamiami Airport. That's Kendall Drive and 100 and bump, 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 kiss. Yeah. And how can I hear me? What is the coverage map uh, for, like, South Beach? What does it sound like uh, If you're between the buildings, you hear me, man. As soon as you pass the building, you're gone. <laughs> it's that simple. Same with Brickle Key. Right. Go out to Brickle Key, you hear me beautifully. But make a U-turn around the buildings. Figure out. Huh? Fisher Island? I haven't been on Fisher myself. Fis- okay. I can't po- honestly say because I haven't been physically on Fisher to, to test it, but I would say it would be clear. But if you're behind a building, Fisher perhaps- Island, if you're listening, call in. Yeah, 305-365-7777, better than a taxi. Yeah, it's about concrete. And uh, I have a friend of mine, uh, in fact, uh, several people, but only one actually uh, was nice enough to do a cell phone video of the 94.5 on their 
the dashboard of their stereo at home because nobody listens to stereo anymore at home. But it was an old stereo. I could see 94.5 there. Man, loud and clear on Brickell Avenue, 10 stories up in their apartment. So I thought that was very cool because that's in a building. But they they face Key Biscayne. They have oceanfront. So I'd like to know if someone on the other side of the hallway facing the uh, Marlins Stadium could hear me just the same because now the building's between me and them. Right. Now I have this bizarre low-power reality that's called Defense or Defense, which is I sitting underneath the WIOD triangle from their huge antenna on uh, Virginia Key. Okay. Blocks me. WIOD is on Virginia Key? Yeah, that big, not the big complex up by the uh, football stadium? Uh, oh, the, the field? Yeah. Uh, I believe there are repeaters out here. And, uh, okay. And there's other stations there, too. Right. I believe Noah's out there as well. This thing is 360 feet up in the air, maybe even taller. Right. But I, I, I investigated it because I, I was hoping that I would get uh, least space up there if, if I couldn't get anywhere else. I tried so many options. It was amazing, to, uh, a miracle that I was able to pull, it off, pull this off. But um, for some reason, that AM defense, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. It's not defense. It's defense. It's something electronic. It completely fizzes out in front of mast. Right. Yet I make the U-turn into the Marine Stadium to pick up my daughter Miami Rowing Club, which is, you know, is, what, 100 yards apart, parallel? Yeah. Perfect. You hear my station perfectly. Sitting in the parking lot waiting for my daughter to come out. She could take for how long as she wants. That's so weird. <laughs> it is, And I'm also on the other side of concrete, which is on the other side of mast. And right. yet, perfect frequency. Right. And when you leave mast, it pops right back Right up. back on into the tall bridge. You get down from the bridge. It starts fading on you. Then in and out, in and out as you go behind downtown. Now the other 94.5 starts competing with me because he has repeaters. And he pays for different repeater station uh, towers all around to try to extend his nine miles as much as he can. Right. And if he, if I complain about that, then he's going to complain about me and what the hell. So it's rock and roll, Jesus Christ rock and roll. So it's like the Jesus Christ superstar on steroids. <laughs> you know, it was just... Oh my God! You know it was you know a pastor or or Christian rock and the the dirty rock of good old rock and roll, and it's like you know there's a little bit of conflict there, but it is what it is. But so I just turned my antenna south. I gave up, realized them. You know I went as high as I could and uh, I uh, turned my dial to 100 watts, and I realized it wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I had the text go up there and actually turn to the degrees necessary to just concentrate on south. So now it's. Little Havana, Coconut Grove, East Cables, all of South Miami, all of Pinecrest, and right there is just fiddling away with Palmetto Bay, the northern part of Palmetto Bay. And I've, uh, I'm, I know that oh, as far as Frangio Road, because I've physically been in there, east of US 1, I can hear me in the right. morning. Because I have a dentist that actually is down there, so I go down there. But uh, that's the best we're going to get. And perhaps there is some talk that there is legislation that... Um, that sits there, that perhaps to go to 250 watts, which would be cool. Uh, the truth is there's no real motivation from it because the only people who complain about the 100 watts are urban cities. 100 watts is more than suffice for the country town radio. It becomes the only game in town. Right. And quite frankly, the southern border of the United States, all those little Mexican-American towns, all low power the whole way, the whole 1,900 miles. It's really exciting there because there it's really bilingual radio, Mexican music, you know, uh, American music. But the FCC does not, just so I understand, does not uh, 
really regulate interference. Like that's a really big deal on the on the commercial side of the spectrum. You have a license higher up on the dial. They're they're very careful about granting licenses so to make sure you aren't interfering with somebody else. But this particular low power system, they grant the licenses, but they're not really concerned about interference. So they don't they don't adjudicate that kind of problem, right? Or do they? if we start complaining on each other, they're going to change the number on one of us. I see. So I don't want to complain because I'm blessed to have ninety four five. Right. I'm really, really proud of that. I got lucky. That was just a number that was assigned. And that's a nice number because all the commercial stations that are hip-hop, reggaeton, music, and I'm the only rock and roller in the middle of it. So I really stick out, and you, chances are you run into me while you're listening to these other stations. So why would I want to go to 108.5 or something? You know, got lucky. I was, I'm in the 90s there. So you got to be very careful how what you wish for. Right. The idea, the truth is, I don't ask myself who's listening to me today. Never did, never thought. I never just never occurred to me because I would have not done it. It's that simple, especially with all this, you know, Internet world out there. And uh, the people who are really enthusiastic about this studio really appreciate being in here. And guess what? With the exception of one person, they're all off the key. I'm sorry. This cramped studio. This cramped studio. <laughs> yeah. Now Tony's having a field day in here and he feels relaxed. He wants to kick his feet up. <laughs> and you're sitting at a very famous table. Yes. You told me. It's got yes. a history. Yes, Perez Roa, which is the most fervent. I'm knocking on it so you can hear it. It's radio. It's it's Corian, yeah. Good. It's like a, from the 70s. And uh, Reagan sat there where you're sitting. Ford, Carter. I'm sure Carter got up pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> and and he was a very a proud man, Perez Roa. Uh, Ro, Rora. And he was very famous. He had a, he had a oh, Wolfman Jack voice in Spanish. And he ripped in the Castro in the days of... You know, being threatened, and you know, he had to leave with always leave accompanied. And you know, the people were, uh, you know, wanting to kill him and stuff. And one guy got blown up, uh, a family by the name of Miyang. He was blown up in his car mm. in the mid 70s, and Castro took credit for it and all that. Uh, so it was, it was, it was quite a moment. So that table was ripped out of that studio in La, uh, La Semic, uh, well, that was our station, uh, WQBA. And I literally got it out of the Celia Cruz studio because apparently she did a, a, her one of her first voiceovers or something in there. So they had a plaque in that studio. So it was really cool. I took the plaque too, but <laughs> I had to return that. Uh, but I was allowed to demolish whatever I wanted in that studio. And it was a proud moment for me because of the what you reported, the affiliations we had with NBC Radio in Havana. So it was all just dawned on me that this was, I had no idea this was going to happen to me in my life. It wasn't for the circumstances. I wouldn't be here sitting here talking to you. So let's go back to the agenda. All right, the agenda. So we're talking about the council meeting. And by the way, the council meeting tonight is at 6 o'clock in our wonderful council chambers. Um, and uh, the other the other stuff that's kind of interesting on there, and it's generated a lot of discussion, is the purchase of two basically current single-family homes on um, Harbor Drive and to create a pocket park. Um, Pocket this, okay? Right. So, so that's a uh, that is a long discussion, and it and it has. It's already on its second reading. It's my understanding. Yes, it is. Uh, so uh, the question is, uh, and it's also expected to pass because it, it passed the first time out. Uh, but the the question could you is, tell me who was in favor? Because I'm not. I don't know. I know that Luis Laredo and London were not. Right. So I'm supposed to gather that the rest voted for it. Yeah, and and it's a this is unlike the fishing situation this one has been percolating for a while 
uh, because it, it did get uh, go through a committee process. There is a land acquisition. Uh, now it's, I believe it's called the Parks and Open Spaces Board. They renamed all the village committees, and they're, they're comprised of volunteers like everybody, and they review these ideas. So it, it did go through that process, and it's now up uh, – up for a final vote. And, of course, the debate is, uh, is this the best use of public funds? No. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's the biggest ridiculous waste of money. I've already debunked the whole open space, green space jargon. It was debunked right. in public record during the site plan for the Oceania. Right. The so, developer of the project clearly stated the state of Florida no longer declares us to have a green space deficiency, which we were lying about to begin with because we never counted the recreational space that was our beaches. It was a way to spot zone future development, and that was very tacky on our part from the get-go. Since I'm involved in the incorporation movement, I was the only person my age who actually gave a damn uh, because my, you know, my father was involved. Uh, I know what I'm talking about, and I, I think it's ludicrous to, to buy those two lots. It's so duplicit and so uh, uh, deceiving. It's the same people who were declaring green space shortages on a lie to now declare uh, red, uh, what is not red tide, uh, king tide, and flooding. At the same time, those same individuals that sit on that committee could care less that the school stayed below sea sea level. So if you really care about climate change and sea level rise, you you don't keep your kids below sea level at a school that was supposed to be and should have been knocked down for higher elevation. So that is really, really personal. Plus, plus, to show you how foolish everybody in that committee is, and if you're listening and you can hear it and you can have it repeated to you, you also did not support a same corner abutted properties closer to the city hall and the elementary school for the same price albeit at smaller lots, you rejected it for its price. And now you go and buy a Harvard Drive, and it's going to stand empty like the one on Heather did, and all the malarkey that 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 uh, um, the volunteers did over there. I have yet to see one person standing there other than the people who installed the trees over there. Right. So my only comment on this is, again, it's a controversial issue. As a journalist or as a, no, as a, as a citizen? As a journalist, because, you know, there's a just to put it in perspective. There are uh, there's a, a number of dollars available in this trust fund, and under the restrictions that are in the charter, it has a limitation. It cannot be spent on anything but the acquisition of open space. That's essentially what the restriction is. So the question is, if that's true, and the only way it can be waived is it requires a unanimous vote of the council to waive that. So apparently. A unanimous vote for anything controversial is guaranteed almost impossible. So the answer is it's kind of restricted on. Not if there was a good idea for that money. Well, it is. But here's the here's the question. The the again, and I I I, I because of uh, my looking at Key Biscayne as a journalist, I look at Key Biscayne like I look at any other governmental agency or any other community. All communities have debates about. Where, what is the right way to spend public funds? What is the right way to not spend funds? There's always there are always these discussions. Oftentimes, uh, getting to a, 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 a getting to a consensus is made more difficult because there isn't a a really strong public policy rationale for the decision. 
Now, well, if it's, you, ba- if it's based on a lie, well, well your 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 position is that a that people have advanced incorrect arguments. One argument would be there's some sort of green space deficiency. I've I've heard that argument since incorporation. It, it's, was, it's it's it's, a, it's an old claim um, to curb I, to I, curb I development. Yes, I don't know that it's really been vetted very properly. What's been explained to me is that uh, the the village had basically defined its own goal, and by a, a goal it could later change. Could ne- a goal they could never accomplish. Right, yes. Because so, so, the population was going to keep on increasing. Right. So, so, the, so the answer is it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of a goal. That, that, that's, that's, that's it. Other people are saying even if that's true, it's still a good aspiration to have, to have more parkland. And that's a that's a position, right? Um, a completely legitimate position when you're sandwiched by right, right. by a county park and a state park. My God, right. and your city park. Right, and we do. It's true that Kibiskane does is a very dense community within its borders, but that's also a misnomer because we're surrounded by parks. We're surrounded by a park to the south and a park to the north. And let's not forget Biscayne National Biscayne Park. National Park, the only underwater park in the federal park system that is one mile offshore. That's right. So, so, so these are all fair points to make in an argument. And it's not that I'm and ex- an incredibly excessive price for those lots, right? Which so, nobody will benefit right. from. So, so the, the question really is: Okay, let's let's say that the decision was made years ago to because of the the development of that of the old Senesta property there was a there was a, a windfall for lack of a better term that went into a public trust fund okay fine that decision was made and those restrictions were put in and was the entire 9 million put in there i i, I think most of it is i don't i'm not a historian so i uh, please asterisk if anyone has listening at home put an asterisk on cuz I, I can't swear to all the stuff but let's let's for purpose of argument let's say that's true all right so this money is there, and let's say that, that it's the general goal of having additional open spaces or additional parks is a good goal. The next question is, is this the right spot? And that's a much harder question because— Shouldn't even be a question. Well, but, 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 okay, so— There is no spot. Let's, let, let's, let's There's go. only one spot for us to spend a lot of money on, let's and it get, won't be for open space, let's, which is to buy open space, right. but to put a measure to get— on and off the key in an expedient, safe way, which would be the entry feature, not for a park, but for a bridge, for people to leave the key under the bridge and people to come on the key over right, the bridge. A flyover. A flyover. Right. And I, I did a video the other day at the, at the uh, uh, I like to call it Joe Robbie Stadium. <laughs> a lot of people do. I just keep on That's saying. That's how I think of it. Yeah, I was season ticket <laughs> I'm, holder I'm since I think. Yeah, 1970 season ticket holder growing up, so yeah. it's Joe Robbie Stadium to me. And they did a wonderful uh, flyover with cars on, above and people underneath. So I did a little video real quick as I'm approaching the stadium. I might as well share it with my brethren here on the island. So I'm always thinking and I'm always forward thinking. And quite frankly, I feel like I'm the only person with any kind of vision, and that pisses the hell off people because I can say it in stereo now. But people really don't think into the future and don't think big. Uh, the nation doesn't either. So I wrote a book about reinventing the United States. So I come with a certain amount of, I don't know, cockiness. And if you don't like it, tough shamukas. Right. Okay. And that's what we should do because people are going to die back here. People are going to die at the towers. People are going to die in harbor because you can't get out of the key when the kids are being dropped off at St. Agnes. And the wisdom of previous councils to put circles all over the island. 
wonderful idea. So now the ambulance has to go at three miles an hour to get off the key, plus the speed bumps. The whole thing sucks because it's all stupid stuff. All in the name of, yeah, a child might not get run over. And da, 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 da. Well, guess what? We have more children than everything than we could possibly imagine. And we've done nothing with the school. It always goes back to the school. You love children, but eh, you leave them below sea level right. to drown. <laughs> Okay, so so to return to the, this thing, the, 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 this Harvard Drive thing, the decision was made to to set this money aside for for with these conditions and the, this restriction. Okay, that and to undo it would require a charter amendment. Maybe someday someone will propose that if that's that's actually if you think this was really a mistake to limit it to that kind of public works only open spaces. Maybe people will come to that point of view what the issue in front of the council now is apparently driven by timing it's not often that you have two adjacent lots open to each open at the same time next to each other that's kind that's of a, felonious too because but, that's happened often but, here but maybe not every day it happens at times. less yeah but i point to the uh the one that i know well, i mean i've seen ma- i've seen more than one just as a real estate person i've seen two houses next to each other for sale right right now i bet you there's five different situations where there's also a front to back that was fantastic which was one lot facing Westmaster, the other lot facing island drive okay that was really cool because the houses were back to back and here's here's the question right so okay if that's the that's the uh, the point is there a scoring system is there a way we evaluate whether it's How about human person? interest? Well, like n- not a drainage well for water. Because I lived, quite frankly, next to those lots. I lived one house away from those lots for 18 years. It does not flood there because mm-hmm. my house would have been flooded. There was plenty of occasions in 18 years where rain like the Dickens and storms came through and no water ever went into my house. Right. Okay. Although I had a, an original mackle. So please tell me what you think about those two lots that's going to. Attract water, right? So, what are you going to put huge sucking wells there? Okay, if you're going to put sucking wells, I still tell you it's a stupid idea, and you shouldn't be buying that because we have these king tides, we're underwater, and quite frankly, we need to uh, probably more likely than not, which will be a problem in itself, but raise the roads. Well, and that, look how expensive. Which now that makes is. each lot underwater too. Well, exactly, because you have to still move it somewhere. The yes. water has to go somewhere. But they all the the community lacks uh, knowledge, interest, passion, and purpose, and the council is on steroids in that regard. Very shallow, very follow your nose. Nobody's bold. Nobody has been since incorporation. There hasn't been one bold council member, and I've. Watched them all, and some of them were dear friends of mine, and they got on council, and all of a sudden, bleh, they just just running the Senesta out of here was well, the stupidest thing in the world. That was our embassy. That's what brought us the prominence we are today. Why pigeonhole us into a Ritz-Carlton where that tourist stays on the property all day because they pay so much a night? they got to stay there. They dine there. They hang out there. They barely even rent a bike. They'll never see our restaurants. I know because when Senesta was around, me personally as the principal at Cuba Skin Hardware— Man, I, I lost 5000 to $8,000 worth of luggage sales a year. Hmm. Why? Because the Sinesta person, who wasn't paying that much a night, was actually coming here to shop. And I'm sure they were going to America's Mall for the majority of their stuff. But they're also filling a suitcase that they would buy and fill and go off with it to, to the tune of $8,000 a year. So I saw that disappear from my sales. 
That I can only blame the Chamber of Commerce for not fighting for the Sinesta. Regardless of what you thought they were doing there, dense, uh, microwave or not microwave, apartment or not apartment, it was blasphemy, anti-commerce, mm-hmm. period. And when a government is anti-commerce, you deserve to be in the food line. And when if you're in the food line, you deserve to have me serving. Because that's the truth. And the saddest thing about this, this city is so we had a bunch of things going in our favor, and green space deterred a lot of good ideas. Right. So the question... But again, and because I'm I'm trying to like convey like like we talked about like what is news, this is this is how do you how do we um, mitigate? How well how do we how do we have how do we have discussions about issues that are controversial and maybe at the end of the day no one's going to position is going to change, but at least people feel that they had all the information, and kind of the worst I think thing that happens later is oh you find out two years later oh I didn't know that. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's always the case. And, but see, good journalism, I it, if it's doing its job, that that shouldn't happen. People should walk into a situation with their eyes open, and maybe the positions will be exactly the same. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll change. I happen to think that that I've, I've actually seen, not always in Key Biscayne, other places where po- policy has shifted because information came out and people, people, people uh, were able to evaluate it. And my question is for this process would be really okay what is what when you say we need more green space let's assume that that's that's true and I know you disagree with that if the money's been set aside what is the criteria what, what do you what does it mean is it is it to benefit how many homes are being benefited by this p- purchase versus some other purchase zero 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 okay right you know, if you look at besides the density is not on this side of the island. The density is on the other side of the island. So you right. haven't even. You could say, okay, I've reduced the housing stock by two, which is about four cars on Latin terms, because everybody, all the teenagers have a car, and mom and dad have a car. So let's put four there for the hell of it. It's still not the reason to buy to spend four million dollars. Plus, this city is not sitting in the red like it used to be. I mean, it's now in the red, and we're not in the blue anymore, and our assessments are going down. And we just make mistakes like that. Why? Because right. disinterest. Right. So my, my only my only point would be is that if you, if you're trying to look at a story, and and you do, and, and the story isn't answering questions, then you're then that's a that's a reason to support local journalism. It's a reason to say someone needs to ask these questions, get the documents, get the records, lay out the facts, and that's it. Because people feel. Some people feel very passionately about increasing the amount of parks. That's they feel that way, and that might be. I'm not knocking. That Just not here. But is that the best spot? If you have seven million dollars left in this fund, is it worth? Ask the people across the street, obviously. Ask the people behind it, obviously. Right. Ask the people like, in my case, I uh, I no longer uh, I sold that property, so you don't have to ask me. Yeah. The person across the street can't possibly want even the the. The 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 insolence or the issuance or the just the possibility of a bunch of kids screaming and yelling in their park at night because that's what's going to happen. Making out, smoking dope, hanging out. It's it's well, you're going to put street lights there too now. Think about it because there is a street light you, there. Well, you never had fun as a kid, is that what you're talking well, about? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, not in the middle of a house, man. I went to the beach, my friend. You went to the beach. I went to the beach, bro. I you know I was blue moon man, blue moon manny, okay. Oh, everything they can say about me, but I was 100% heterosexual, and I love the beach, okay? So, oh, the hell with everyone. The truth is, 
pocket parts is a stupid idea. Uh, we even try, we experimented with this pocket idea, and they've done absolutely nothing. Everybody drives by it. It kind of looks odd. Well, therefore, you know it's a park there. There, I've never seen anybody standing there. I swear, the only time I've seen anybody standing there, they were planting a tree. Someone was planting. Then we did the bench things on these curbs, kind of like mini, 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 mini pocket parks. Nobody's sitting there unless they're waiting for a bus. Therefore, there's someone that needs to wait. We, at the same time, we're so interested and so felonious in our ideas about having these pocket parts because it's appealing to the quality of our lives, but we won't give the working people of this island a shaded area to wait for a bus because nobody wants to have the bus bench and the little roof on it on the front of their property. Maybe you could have a pocket part next to the Master Bridge. No. how about uh, uh, The only <laughs> way you can beat my bridge. argument <laughs> is to spend $2 million on a pocket park at a bus stop. And then you screwed me. Now I can't say anything. Okay. People get to sit in a beautiful park while they're waiting for the bus. And, hey, you're privileged to work on Keep It Scan. And now you got me screwed. I have nothing to say. But the most solid case is what I said originally. Yeah, two corners, very rare, like you said. Two owners willing to sell to the village of Key Biscayne, right between the city hall and the school that could have been used for parking for public meetings, encouraging public discourse, like you've said, and as well as a teacher's parking lot during the day. And allow us more space, even more land, to knock down that disgusting school that we spent $2.5 million to renovate with pipes sticking out of it and flooding. Have you ever seen my video during a rain mm. where I'm sitting in a car? I'm in an, an IKEA, so I need to be commended for the risk of having that water going into my car because Kia's kind of low on the... And I, I, it was not even a heavy rain, but I knew that that, that was the, the toilet bowl of Kibis Gang growing up here. So I went there, and sure enough, it was as flooded as it could be. It looked like a moat around the school, and the school already had been renovated. Hmm. And what did this village do? What did the uh, Miami-Dade Public Works do? Leave us hanging. They renovated school for $2.5 million, they don't increase it by its size, by not even one student station on school that was 148% of capacity. And our village of Cubis came because it lacks vision, lacks passion, lacks purpose, because all they care about is this stupid open space thing, which is wrong. It's just wrong for a community this dense when you're surrounded by parks. It's wrong. It's morally wrong, ethically wrong, physically wrong. It's wrong, period. They redistrict. They rezoned the baseball field. So that you couldn't put a building on there. You had to revert it because they were going to start mowing it for a billion-dollar, four-billion-dollar school district. The village of Cubiscan had to mow it because, oh, we were playing our baseball, t-ball there and all. So they, 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 they rezoned it. They took out the uh, government use and put recreational use only because it was a ball field. But by, by keeping it GU, government use, and a lot of school building to be put there. And the ball field put on the other side as soon as you knock down that or that hideous building. And we paid for this. And the $9 million was leveraged. That's why my position still stands. The $9 million on the threat that I was going to appeal the site plan at Oceania, that money that was pledged, was the impetus. If I stop that project, that $9 million goes directly to the development of school in the baseball field. Or the Mass Academy. And since they announced the Mass Academy maybe three weeks after I was elected PTA president, I knew that the nine million bucks was being leveraged properly. And therefore, I didn't feel as wrong as I feel today. Back then, I thought I made the right decision in not appealing the, the Oceania, which I had them by the, <laughs> right? And I didn't. And I should have. 
because they end up spending the same kind of money legally. So in a much more bastardly experience for me and my daughter, because I, I, I call the leverage on the rebuilding of the school on the baseball diamond in exchange for, if you guys don't build it over there, we're going to build it here. And that was a so-called conversion to charter that was impossible to win. See what I mean? Yeah. No. Now, the $9 million bucks is <clears throat> went into that fund. That means that they, again, spoke to the public in a manner that was eh, duplicit because the money should have been, that money was supposed to be pledged to the down payment. If you look at the, if you look at the articles in the journalism of the building of Mast, it was a $9 million number as down payment to build that high school over there. And what they do? They build a middle school. All I can say is that of the process and comparing this decision about parks, the village council went through a strategic planning exercise in May. Um, and I'm not sure that this is even at the top of the agenda uh, for them. So it's it's so it's kind of like the bridge. It just leapfrogged and became the top of the agenda. Um, uh, the there is a there is a a. a Remember, there was an attempt to do this on Sunrise, yeah. to level an apartment building, to make it a passive right. park. All of it's wrong. Right. I, I, it's a fair question to ask, what are the priorities of this village and the, le- the elected leaders of the village? And are they following through on the priorities that they said they set? Based on a lie, which is the open space. The Vision 2020, what was the other one called? Vision 2015, now it's 2024. All of it is a lie because it's based on open space. Right, okay, but even even if that that's a justification for the – that's one justification, this this calculation of <clears throat> an alleged deficiency. I, I, I would say put that to the side because really that's that's kind of in the weeds. The issue is do, do you in your gut feel we need more parks or not? The and, survey said we didn't. There you go. The survey was there was a survey that came out. I remember it was the George Mendia of Bob Vernon uh, Council, so I know that by the persons. I, uh, I remember George Mendia was vice mayor. You know what the topic issue. And I was there. Was? I was there. I was there formally, and it was clear we had we were so happy with our recreational opportunities out here between the community center and our trails and our Crandon Park and our state park. My God, we live in paradise. It's just we say it all the time. But do you really believe it to sacrifice and be obedient towards it? No. Very few people are. Take the risks, go out there personally, come out of pocket personally. This endeavor myself is to increase the quality of life. This radio station is to give this community a voice. Thank me, don't spank me, you freaks. I mean, it's, it requires a love for this place. But there is no love. It's like in a marriage. And I know because I'm divorced. There is no love in a marriage if there isn't obedience and sacrifice. It's that simple on both parties. If there isn't that, you're, you'll, you'll be divorced. So same with the marriage to a city. I'm married to the city because I fight for it, and I'm immediate, and I sacrifice for it. I don't know if anybody else does that. I really don't. I, you can get elected. I can't get elected. My positions are really in the minority. As you can see, two two lots will about to be sold to the highest bidder. Village of Kibiskan, well, we know we have two entry properties that I was against ever purchasing. I remember there's a gentleman here, you know, Robert Maggs? Robert Mag's a wonderful fellow. I never really got along with him, but he was dead on the night before the uh, the last guest commentary he wrote. He was writing like I was writing, full page babies, you know. Mine were really abrasive and stuff. His were more PC'd. 
But he said before he died, he died, I believe, the following, you know, we were reading his guest commentary, and he, he died at a funeral of another veteran, and he literally died on the steps of the Episcopal Church of a heart attack. And and I thought, and I said in my next guest commentary, we should listen to Robert Maggs and never purchase land here and stop with a green space shortage because it's not true. Let me ask you a question, just by comparison. Would you say that the purchase of the Village Green was a smart move? Yes, because of its size and because we just started out. And its location. It was epicenter. Right. So I commended publicly Mort Fried for... Marshalling that in. So the beginnings of a, think about that for a second, right? That's the beginnings of a criteria. Size, epicenter, it's con- it's it's connected to stuff. And the, and the initial incorporation. And, and, and it was at a time when it was just a couple of, it was just a commercial property, right? Right. So, so. But look what we did with the underground utilities. Timing had to be done. Lack of vision, lack of passion, lack of purposes. Now we're looking at a $42 million child that was quoted to us for four million dollars it's a big difference between 42 and 40 and four hello that's another, a big mistake well, while i'm here another country feel like i'm interviewing you what is the, <laughs> i'm a journalist i can't help it but the uh what's your view on the debate on the um over the library again stupid why would you build on the library site when it's a historical museum site with ducks and everything you make that, you give that, you hand that to a 501c3 that the key colony people can't protest because it'd be a beautiful place. You leave it alone, you gut the drywall inside, and you turn it into a beautiful historic museum that Robert Maggs was involved with and Mr. Bristol were involved with. There's documents here that are not even being shown to us. The best we got is the second floor of the community center. Come on, do that over no, there. I, I, and guess what my first guest commentary was about, which you haven't read because. You know, I haven't read them all. Sorry. Yeah, you haven't read them all. My first guest coming out of this cramped studio. <laughs> my two thousand. Let me forget. Okay, that. <laughs> my my two thousand nine guest commentary was about five thirty Crandon. Right. And at that time, in my head, I even penciled it out for everybody that the Islander would not publish my sketch, but they did publish the article. I say, let's go to court with Miami County School District. I mean, sorry, Library District. It was $2.6 million back then. It's probably more now because the assessments went up. They fund our school. Scharnberg had us by the gonads over there, the developer of the key colony. We had to keep it in the public's domain. Otherwise, he took he would take it back because it was his sales office. That's right. what he gave to us. Right. He gave to Dade County. It was an impact, uh, 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 impact fee type thing where it was a contribution to the Dade County. So keep it in the public domain. He would accept it for a beautiful museum. We have great collector residents who can exhibit their stuff in there whenever the hell they wanted. I, you know what I've heard suggested? Is and then wait them out and bring the public school, I mean, public library, to 530 Crandon and connect it. Connect it by Skywalk, like Mercy Hospital, to the community center. One more fabulous thing to, to encourage parents and kids to do their homeworks together. After you work out, your kid starts his homework on the library side. You work out, you cross the call skywalk. You gotta have a, an employee standing there. I, Shh, quiet. A crazy idea. I, I've heard that. That's that, where the library should go. Five thirty Crandon. The did I get the number right? Five thirty Crandon is now a, a big grassy area. Okay, so I got the number station. right. Yeah, five thirty right. Crandon. And now, now it's going to be. They're going to be voting on. I don't know if that's on tonight's agenda or not. It might be another they're stupid. About to put a park there. Yay! Um, we're so cute. Uh, well, develop the current space. 
the uh, the you should uh, see the the River Nile that was going to be built there. Some people have said one suggestion for the library is the wait to see what happens with the SunTrust building because it may be it may be vacated. Well, yeah, BB and T is buying yeah, SunTrust. Yes, but no, uh, but BB and T will go there. SunTrust won't go to BB and T. Unclear. I think so. Yeah. Because BB and T is an inferior property, doesn't have a drive through, so done deal. <laughs> Why would they go to BB and T when SunTrust has a grandfathered drive through? It's not, it, they would go there. And now the question, of course, is an issue of rent and stuff like that. That's Those are always market forces type rents, but right. no bank would be insane to do, do a merger and, uh, and abandon a drive through in a town that won't let you, <laughs> won't let you build a drive through Well, it, it raises a question again about what makes, what's, like, what's the best, uh, way to arrive at a controversial decision, or could be controversial, and that's another another. Again, I, I feel like I keep coming back to the same kind of an argument, but it's a it's basically a process argument, right? Is is are we happy as a community with the process that of people getting information? Are you asking me? On? Are you asking me? Or are you just putting it I'm out just, there? I, I I would say it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, because because it, I'm not. I'm very, I'm very, I've always been very disappointed. If you see stuff repeating itself over and over again, it begs a larger question. The larger question is why, why do we keep bumping our, no one wants to have an argument with people. Why do we keep walking into walls? I mean, that would be a question to ask. It's a news question. What is, what is not happening or should happen? Are there communities that do it better than us? I don't know. Maybe it's just inevitable. I don't know. But the point is. I think I, I like to opine only because. Uh, I like to interject myself in doing the difficult stuff. And, that's, and if we're going to end at six, we're down to our last comments. Okay. Um, I think it, it's safe to say that our community is inhabited by more people who are not fabric of our community, yet enjoy it a lot. Resident aliens who pay more taxes than homesteaders. Uh, that right there is kind of a, a bizarre set of circumstances. Though Those people don't necessarily want an opinion. They are more than happy to get the hell out of wherever they left. You know, crisis, terrorism, communism, you name it. People have come to Key Biscayne. As I said in the video, it's a place where you reinvent yourself, basically. So everybody's fine with that. But it is economic apartheid when the larger taxpayer doesn't get the vote for the council member and the, who's spending the money. And that right there is where that lot comes from. The purchasing of a lot's. For that amount of money that does absolutely nothing for this community other than appeases a group of people that sat on a board of open space board is a clear indication of economic apartheid where people who don't vote for council, don't vote for those members, they get to spend the money that other people are paying because the vast money, the big money here is being paid by people who aren't voting for council. That's just a fact. Why? Because I remember when I was paying 18000 for my Mackle as a homestead person, my next door neighbor was paying ninety something thousand. Okay, I didn't have a pool, and he did. But my God, that's a big difference between eighteen and nine. And then we're right next door to each other. Okay. Oh, also, he had a second story. I didn't. But still, uh, eighty thousand dollar difference. Well, multiply that all over the island. Multiply that in Cape in Cape Florida, Master Island, Harbor Drive, where resident aliens are paying without homestead exemptions are paying buku bucks. Plus, they bought at a higher price. I bought at three hundred thousand. Three hundred thirty-three thousand, nineteen ninety-six. Right, a guy who's buying and, and a million five right next door to me. And that debate ripples on into the undergrounding and everything else. But 
As a radio person, we're actually overtime. How about it's that? A good thing it was next- a pleasure for our first show, Tony Winton. I hope you're not feeling like claustrophobic at this point. <laughs> How about that? So I, I think it's great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tony Winton, he's, uh, I guess, Tony Winton News at this point. So this is WSQF Blink Radio on the Concrete Gentleman Hour instead of Conservative. So I think it's appropriate that the next song is Dog and Butterfly by Heart. Take care, my friends. And stay free. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.